cheerio and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. We've got a wicked packed show for you today. We've got our hype train of the week. What's popping to get you caught up on the latest movie news, our review of Late Night, and our top five late night snocks. Let's do it. for joining us we're proper chuffed to have you my name is cam i'm your co-host with me as always is kirk hello hello your other co-host and we've got <laughs> i don't know where to go from <laughs> oh hello you listeners out there are you feeling knackered this morning that means tired and british <laughs> part of the slang you see emma thompson is in this movie we reviewed and she is british so we thought we'd be british is that why we did this bit absolutely not i was gonna say that i mean that's it's good i like that you covered for us but it was a bit of a stretch it just sort of happened wow we've been crying for the past half yeah, an hour yeah this is this is like this is total stockholm syndrome it's like whenever you stay up late with your friends in grade school and you're just like anything is funny mm-hmm. and right now British accents are hilarious and like really bad British accents are are especially hilarious. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So there's that. Um what do you want to do today? I I, I got to be honest, I forgot the entire show. <laughs> <laughs> I was so focused on like maintaining my accent for the first 10 seconds of the show that I've forgotten everything that we were going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. So let's review. Uh Late Night is the movie we saw. Yes, Late Night. And we're going to do Which Late Night is a different direction for us yes it is because it's it's not a theatrical release was it ever a theatrical release i don't have the answer to that unfortunately okay. yeah but it was i mean i only saw it on amazon prime amazon prime came from amazon studios mindy kaling emma thompson john lithgow and a number of other people that i yes. can't remember because i'm thinking of my british accent yeah it was it's we're millennials yes so we're we're bucking convention as millennials are known to do that's right and uh we're flipping the script we're flipping the script a little bit we're not gonna we we decided not to do a theatrical release this week kirk and i were not gung-ho about any of the movies that were coming out like like we've said a couple of times like we're kind of in that weird i don't know like pre-award season post-summer drought bermuda triangle yeah of bad movies or not or just not in, incredibly great movies but this was You'll, you'll hear our review yeah, on it. Yeah, 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 for sure. And so we wanted to go a different direction. And this kind of opens the door. More things are moving this way anyway. Some of these movies won't get theatrical releases, and they'll be big movies. Like So El Camino is a good example. The Breaking Bad movie we've talked to about a couple times on this program is that that one's not getting a theatrical release. Right. But I think there's a good chance that we talk about it either in one of our episodes or a bonus episode or something like that. Because I think that... There's no way to do that movie completely spoiler-free, right? Right. <laughs> because you would at least spoil Breaking Bad, if not the movie. Yes. So we'll we'll figure that out. But the point is, we have to get a little unconventional because the industry is getting unconventional. And mm-hmm. so we're, we're testing the waters with an Amazon Prime movie, and we'll review that one for you. Um, 
Another thing, a little housekeeping, Kirk, because we did a bad thing last week. We did not follow up on something we said we were going to do. We said we were, at the beginning of our review of It Chapter 2, we said we were going to give a pee your pants, one to pee your pants scale rating for It Chapter 2. Pee your pants. So I do want to do that because it's important for people to know if they're considering seeing it and they're a huge, massive scaredy cat, which a lot of people are, ourselves included. Oh, yeah. So just know when you get these, it's going to be... It's going to be high, probably. Oh, yeah. And if it's not high, you have to kind of like weight our scores because we are huge scaredy cats. Mm-hmm. So do you have a score from one to pee your pants on It Chapter 2, or would you like me to go first? I'd like you to go first. All right. Now, I kind of have to, I kind of have to say probably because like the first half and the second half, we talked about that in the review. Mm-hmm. The second half, scares lost their momentum, and they didn't scare as hard. But I guess I'm rating, like, if you take the best scare in this movie, how good of a scare is it? And do mm-hmm. you get multiple scares of that quality? Which I think we do. We get we a do. couple really good scares. I thought we saw four good jump scares. Yeah, so I think I would give it, like, a 7-6 mm-hmm. on the scare one to pee your pants scale. Mm-hmm. I did not pee my pants, so that that's a good indicator. I mean, we didn't check, so you could we, be lying uh, Yeah, it's right possible. Now. It's possible. Um I may be lying to save face, but mm-hmm. I understand the world will never know. But it, it's it wasn't like maybe if I had, maybe if I drank more soda yes. going into it, and I was mm-hmm. already on the brink of peeing my pants, maybe I would. In a three-hour movie, absolutely. Yeah, so that's where I'm at. What about you? You said seven point six. Seven six. Seven yes. six. Seven six. Pee your pants. Yeah, because like that, there's like a baseline that kept you nervous throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a good suspense there. And then there were spikes. Yeah. And the spikes, if you take the average of those, that's where that's where the, the peeing, the trickling yes. of the pee of your pants would happen. Mm. That's a good number. That's a really good number. I got I to gotta be close with you there. Okay, that's um, fine. I feel like I jumped way harder than you. <laughs> At one point, you jumped. You jumped visibly very hard, and I even laughed at you out loud. You <laughs> so I would say that I think your score might have to be higher than mine. I mean, either that or just that one scare really caught you off guard. It did because based on that, I think my score has to be higher. I'm gonna go in eight flat for eight uh, eight point oh. Yep. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it was a it was pretty funny. Like I because I was leaning back and you were kind of like leaning forward. And you jumped really hard, and I, like, just without thinking, started laughing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty great. So there you go. If you're if you're still considering seeing it, just remember 7.6 and 8 on the pee your pants scale. So it's right in that region. So you might. You might pee your pants. It's possible. Maybe one drop. Who knows? <laughs> we, you know? We, it, every person's threshold is different, so it you, you never know. I would say take it easy on the drinks heading in. That's right. Um. But I didn't want to do totally scary movie because that was that was part of the discussion we had because we could have done scary stories to tell in the dark. We briefly talked about doing hustlers, but I think we wanted to try. We've been wanting to try this for a while, and it seemed like as good an opportunity as ever. Even though hustlers is like a surprise hit, and I think we'll want to check it out at some point. Mm-hmm. This seemed like a good week, as good a week as any to kind of like try something new, get get a little unconventional. But I I mean we could have done scary stories, but then it's like. How many scary movies are we going to do in a row? And we know we have more coming or more just like Joker. So Joker, not a scary movie per se, but will be dark in nature. Will be a thriller. Yes. I think. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. 
Yeah, we don't want to do because we're we're pretty far away from Halloween. I mean, we're close, but we're far. So if we just kept doing scary movie after scary movie, well, then we'd just be the scary movie podcast, right? And we watched a comedy this week. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. So did you did you happen to watch anything else besides this movie? You know, I did not really get to watch anything because I didn't have any internet, and I'll get into that in hype train yeah, coming yeah. up later. Yeah. Good. How about you? Um, I did not, but you, you were mentioning when we talked before the show that, uh, I was living vicariously through your parents. Yeah. You mentioned that my parents had an interesting movie adventure. They did. They did. They actually went on a weekend getaway. uh, Right. They went, they went to Kentucky, which like, man, talk about, uh, (laughs) talk about your lavish getaways. (laughs) You guys really know how to, how to, uh, live exotically. They, they had a good time. They took, uh, they took a little four day trip and they got back. And they said, we were like, yo, how'd your trip go? They said, well, we saw a movie. I'm like, oh, yeah. What movie did you see? Because yeah. they listened to the podcast. Shout out, Kevin and Jeanette. And they said, well, we saw a little movie called Midsummer." Oh, no. No, <laughs> Kirk. <laughs> now, and now, if you've ever met Cam uh, and Cam's uh, parents, yeah, it's, it's just not no, the right this movie. Is not, this is it's not good. It's not the right movie. This now, is not good. Let me preface it. They saw the, the poster, which has Florence Pugh, and... Your dad thought because her hair is all wrapped up and she's got this big like crown of flowers on the poster and it says Midsummer, he thought it looked like like a younger Leonardo DiCaprio mm-hmm. and Midsummer. You think Midsummer yeah, Night's maybe Dream? Yeah, there's like, a Shakespeare connection. Oh boy! You're like, what's going on here? Now, I have not seen this movie. I think it is top of the top of the scale of pee your pants just by the synopsis. Let me read you the synopsis real quick of the movie that your yeah. parents saw. A couple travels to Sweden to visit a rural hometown's fabled Midsummer Festival. What begins as an idyllic retreat quickly devolves into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. Mm. Yeah, that seems like if you could create a movie in a lab yes. that would not be made for my parents, that would be it. So if you think about this, you're going in, you're like, oh, I'm going to see some kind of cool like Shakespearean oh my gosh. movie, and then you see what happens on the screen for this. That's, yeah, that's I, life-altering. So did they finish it? No, they did not. Oh, okay. I was like, there's no way. They walked out. They walked out. Because Were they it, in the theater? They went in. So your your dad especially doesn't like to know what's going on with oh, the movie. He wants to be completely surprised. Yeah. I, I So I'm going to pick on my dad a little bit here <laughs> because I, I do give him trouble for this on a regular basis. Me and him, we we chat about movies from time to time, and I, I, I poke fun at him a little bit because he does not want to know anything. Anything. Nothing. Like... If I walked into a room and I was just like, hey, guys, did you guys see Spider-Man Far From Home yet? He'd be like, nope, nope, I haven't seen it. Don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear it. And I'm like, "That's." I was just getting asking a yes or no question. Like, <laughs> And I will say that like, you're probably going a little far, Dad, when you don't want to know the genre of the movie that you're seeing because that movie is clearly some sort of horror thriller and of the most twisted variety it's a Swedish pagan cult. I'm not. I mean, I'm not seeing that movie, Cameron. <laughs> yeah, I, I specifically avoided it because yes. I thought it was the guy. I don't remember, but I thought it was the guy who directed Mother. I think you are correct. And that movie was totally jacked. I didn't see that. I don't and, see movies that are going to haunt my life, not just yeah. my dreams, but my life. Hmm. Yeah, because I remember when when Mother was like doing the festival circuit. 
they were like you'll never be the same after you see this movie and i was like hmm that sounds less than appetizing hereditary that was oh it, it was yeah the, and that one too so that's what i'm getting confused with because hereditary was supposed to be like people were fear vomiting at the festivals because it was so scary like they they were taking people out of there on stretchers like horror stories yes about that i was like no you know what i could do without i just pulled up the screenshot of hereditary and it's tony collette freaking out inside a cabin and some person is lit completely on fire like i'm not seeing that yeah i'm, no. I'm too big of a wuss i'm no, sorry no thanks um florence Pugh is in this jack uh florence Pugh is gonna of course be in black widow coming up as she was in um outlaw king which premiered on netflix a year or two ago with Chris Pine, excellent film, and Jack Rayner from Sing Street, one of my favorite movies ever, is also yes. in this. But sadly, I'll never see their performance of this in Midsummer. But no, it's not happening. Had to tell you, man. I mean, I mean, there. I was... know, I, and I, I poke fun at my parents, um, like particularly my dad on this. But you know, I love you, dad. That you just you got to check the genre. Yeah. Or or better, just have my mom do it. Yeah. Because she she will she'll read the synopsis. Right somebody's got to protect you never know what you could be walking into out there yeah maybe we should do like a like a spoiler of the first half of the movie they saw like a spoiler uh, yeah. guest they can come on and tell us the horrific things that they saw that they did not expect to see yes and and, and here's a good point too this brings up a really good point which is if you haven't seen a movie and you're wondering if you should see it and you don't want to know much about it kirk and i are available mm-hmm. we, we should come up with some sort of hotline number where you can like reach us 24 hours a day oh, yes. where you can hit us up for like movie recommendations and or should i watch this movie or what's this movie about like whatever amount of information you want to know because we talked about before like some people want to know what happens yes they want to know the whole deal we can even tell you that even if we haven't seen it we'll right. look up the spoilers for you we'll and, look it up get it ready for you right Oh, I, I like this. I like this idea. We and could do free. one of the yeah. We could do one of those things where you have that app that like makes your business phone number yes come to your phone. Oh, this is great stuff happening. So I th- mean, thank you to Cameron's parents for accidentally seeing Midsummer. Yeah, thank you. To, yeah, and I'm gonna be looking forward to hearing their take on whatever part of that movie <laughs> they saw because I can't imagine. I want to know what was the tipping point. Like, I want to know what the exact moment was yes. that they were like, nope. Because I'm guessing something truly terrifying happened before they were like, <laughs> I cannot watch this movie. Oh, man. Oh, man. So, yeah, that's yikes. Um, but, yeah, we could have done a Midsummer review and brought on my parents. And this would be a horror movie podcast. But instead, we're going we're gonna to take it in a different direction. That's right. Um, okay, so let's, let's jump into Hype Train. I'm ready. All right, Kirk, it's time for Hype Train. <laughs> Let's do it. We're back. We're back with Hype Train. We got the music back. We got the energy up. Let's go. Yes. All right. What's your first Hype Train of the week? I'm going to kick us off, man. This is this is something that I haven't done in a long time, but I just did it before we came here. Are you ready for this? We're so ready. I slammed a whole bag of flavor-blasted goldfish on the way here. What? <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. So this is like the full goldfish bag? The full bag. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of air in there, you know? 
a I, lot. Listen, I'm I'm not here to judge. Those that's that is a one sitting snack as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> they may say eight servings, but I'm here to tell you that's going down in one one shot. <laughs> and Aubrey, when you catch up, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I ate one entire <laughs> one snack that should have gone for like both of our kids in one sitting. It was so good. The thing about the flavor blasted goldfish is oh, that Oh, tell me. It just gets you. It mm. it it explodes in your mouth. I mean, you just have it's literally a blast of flavor. Exactly. It exactly is. When you have regular goldfish, classic snack. Fantastic. But you have that extra cheddar powder on there, and it will just blow your mind. If you haven't tried it, check it out. It's the best snack ever, and I'm feeling good today now because of it. That is an awesome hype train. Give it up for Flavor Blasted Goldfish. All right. So my first hype train of the week, I am going to go with Ash Ketchum. <laughs> Did you see the story around this? I did see this. Yeah, so my boy Ash Ketchum, a man after my own heart. I was I was Ash Ketchum for Halloween one year. He is a total beast, and he wanted to be the very best, the best that like no one ever was. Mm-hmm. And um, he wanted to catch all the Pokemon, and he wanted to win the Pokemon League. Well, one of the great things about this show is that he never won the Pokemon League. Mm-hmm. Like it was kind of realistic in that way. Like he he had these big lofty dreams, and he was like. He did a good job. He was raising Pokemon. He was making progress, but you don't just make it to the top of the mountain right away. No. You got to grind, and that's exactly what Ash Ketchum did. He grinded for 20-plus years. 20 years. That's insane. And now he has reached the top of the mountain, Kirk, and he is the Pokemon League champion. He caught them all. And I just got so many good feels. Like As soon as I saw this headline, I was like, yes. And there's a new Pokemon game coming out for Switch. I'm like, dude, this is... I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm ready to go back. Take that, me back. That's good. That's good for the Pokemon brand. Not that they need any help, but what an exciting day. I saw that was trending on Twitter, so congratulations. Huge day. Huge Ash day to Ketchum. Ash Ketchum. Congrats. Check. All right, your second one. My second one. I'm super pumped about this new series starring Caitlin Deaver. Mm. So she's been in some stuff. Um, she, so the Netflix series, she's been in um, Last Man Standing with Tim Allen, which was like part two to Home Improvement. Like yes. the updated version. And then she was in this really big movie that I haven't seen that I need to see, Booksmart. It was like this indie movie. Um, also starred, I forget her name, but she was also in Lady Bird, as we discovered. But mm, yeah, that's right. Super pumped. Tony Collette's in this as well. Uh, it's titled Unbelievable, and I'm a big Caitlin Deaver fan, and I hope it's really good. Coming to Netflix very soon. Yeah, Caitlin Deaver. She's so good. All right. My second hype train of the week is Jurassic Park slash world. So, they. I did not know about this. I did not know this was coming today. But what a way to start your Monday with a like nine minute short film in the Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World universe, directed by Colin Trevorrow. It is called The Battle at Big Rock, and it's essentially nine minutes of pure action and thrill. And it was insanely awesome. Mm-hmm. And I highly recommend it. It's actually out on our social channels right now. So if you check us out on Facebook or Twitter at PFB underscore podcast, you can find it there. Highly recommend it. I felt like this was the scariest, most thrilling dinosaur bit that we've gotten in any of these movies since Jurassic Park. Wow. And this was just a nine minute short. Mm-hmm. And it gave us a really, really good taste of where they're going with jurassic world 3 which is back under the guidance of colin trevorrow which i think is going to be good and i like it it's like the the dinosaurs have like somewhat assimilated into the modern world and people like know that they're out there and out hanging around 
And that's going to be a pretty interesting tone for this movie. It's a good move. It's kind of like they're zombies. You know, the zombie yeah. effect, right? In all the films and, and TV shows that we see. And they're like, they're out there. We got to be careful. We got to exactly. know how to survive. So that's a really good a really good take. Really new world on the Jurassic Park series. Yeah. And this is like an extended hype video for that. Mm-hmm. And it looked great. And it was well directed. It was well shot. It was well acted. I, I loved it. That's very nice. So shout out to Jurassic Park. All right, I got my third hype train right here, Cameron. Let's go. You ready? I moved into a new house. What? Let me tell you what sucks. Moving. Word. Let me tell you what doesn't suck. When everything is finally moved into the new house. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you have so much stuff going on. You've got storage units. You've got putting stuff at friends' houses and family members' houses. And you're like, oh, man, where's that thing that I need that I use every day? Well, yeah, and you're calling the cable company. You're calling the oh. water company. You're calling everybody. Dude, I got. I was out of internet for three days oh no i felt like i was in this in the, just the dark ages you were you were living in a post-apocalyptic world yes and i don't know how i lived before the internet i just don't understand that i survived this long no it's not it's not possible yeah especially now especially now but yeah internet is is alive and well i've got Word. all my streaming passwords mm. lined back up and logged back into and it's a great it's a great life again congrats thank you very much all right, final hype train of the week. I am going to go with The Legend of Zelda. Zelda, tell me more about uh, that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> is that bit back? Why Is it just going to randomly come in? I suppose so, yes. Okay, so The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening Remastered is coming out on Friday, the 20th. Ooh. And so what I really like about gaming in this era is that they're like taking really old games and like remaking them for the new systems and they're like giving them new graphics and new functionality and all kinds of stuff and the best example of that i feel like that i've seen is this this video game legend of zelda Link's awakening and it looks super fun and it comes out this weekend and i mean i have until friday to try to convince jackie to let me purchase this game mm-hmm. um, i can help you in any way you need to yeah so i'm working on that mm-hmm. and I mean, she's going to want to play it. Mm-hmm. So I've got that in my advantage. Like, she knows that it's not a fiscally responsible decision, but mm-hmm. she knows she wants it. So I think you're in. I think we can get there. Um, but I'm, I'm hyped. I'm hyped. Even if I, I'll probably be like an adult going to like Walmart or Target to play on the sampler machine until I can, <laughs> until I'm allowed to buy it. <laughs> oh, that'd be so great. And I just love Zelda. It's the best. Yes. I'm terrible at the games. Like, I don't know why I'm a pretty good gamer, but I always have a hard, like I'm too dumb for the puzzles or something like that. So this one looks like a little bit simpler and I'm ready for it. I Legend hope you, of Zelda. I hope you do well. Let's go Zelda. Let's go Zelda. All right, and that's a wrap on Hype Train. So we're going to jump into what's popping and get all your movie news caught up. We got quite a bit this week, so let's let's get rolling. Paul Rudd, friend of the program, friend of the pod. We mm-hmm. love we love Paul Rudd. Love Paul Rudd. Best friend. Uh, he's our best friend. And he has a new series that's coming to Netflix. The trailer dropped today. This show is called Living With Yourself. Tell the people about this show, Kirk. Yeah, this one this one came out of nowhere. I did not know this was underway. Same. Uh, which I feel like is kind of happening. There's two scopes to this. There are things that you know way too early that are happening. Yes. And then there are things that you're like, when did when did this get recorded? Was this recently and he was just quiet? Or was this years ago and now it's coming up? So mm-hmm. Paul Rudd, apparently there's like this new service in life where you can copy your own DNA to make a better version of you. Mm. And we see in the trailer that Paul Rudd is 
down on his luck. He's he's just sad. He can't he can't do anything right in his own opinion. And then he does this service and he gets a second version of himself. It's kind of like if you ever saw Duplicity with Michael Keaton. Yes. And also The Sixth Day with Arnold Schwarzenegger because there are these happy, like vibrant comedic tones and then then there are the, some dark tones yeah. in this as well. Like it has a full spectrum. So it's Paul Rudd though and I know that I'm going to love this series. It looks good. And it's it, a series. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pretty excited about that. I mean, dude, we, we've talked about Content Wars a ton, mm-hmm. but they're like, people are swinging for the fences right now and trying to get everybody and everything. Yeah. And uh, as even though it's comparable to multiple things, like a hodgepodge of things, it's still its own original story. And that's what's key right now. Our, and our reboots and remakes, those are important. But man, I'm, I'm eager for some original content. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. And I'll just quickly sidebar on this. I was listening to a podcast called The Corp the other day. And Kevin Bacon was on there. Kevin. And... I love Kevin Bacon. He gave a great interview. I highly recommend it. Check out the Corp and Kevin Bacon's interview. But one thing he said was that, first of all, he said that the the belief in the industry right now uh, for for actors is that television is a better gig than film. That television quality is better now. Television money is better in a lot of ways. And the exposure that you get is better and the celebrity and your brand can grow so much bigger from television, which I think we're all assumptions, but it's interesting to hear from somebody on the inside that that really is the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing he said was that uh, these streaming platforms or networks are asking for exclusivity from their from their actors, mm-hmm. and that is a very interesting wrinkle to me because I, I mean I don't know exactly how I feel about that strategy. I think I kind of understand it, but like, is there any reason? Like Kevin Bacon's point was. I'm in a show, it's eight episodes. Why should I have to do nothing else that year for eight episodes of one show? And isn't it almost like better for your show if that person is out there and growing their brand with other TV shows? Yes. Because then they're like, oh man, I loved this Kevin Bacon TV show. Mm -hmm. I need to go check out his other new one that's out right now. I don't know. The more exposure is key. There are times when actors just go dark because they're filming a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. And then they come out with like three movies in one year, plus a mini series or a limited limited series. Emma Stone did this so well just a couple years ago. Ryan Gosling did this from 2014 to 2016. (laughs) It was just like, how is he in so many things? Yes. And so that kind of blitz is really important. So I, I fully agree with Kevin Bacon. That's hard to be tied down to just that. Yeah, it'd be hard to sign a contract like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's just one little interesting tidbit. Um, but the next, another Netflix news. Netflix is dropping a lot of news today. They are swinging. They are hard. They're they're they've heard the call. That's been, you know they've heard the challenge and they're going to throw the gauntlet as well. Um, they've got this zombie apocalypse show coming out. That's like a coming of age high school setting zombie apocalypse called Daybreak. Uh, comes out on October 24th and it looks freaking awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Like it looks, I don't, I don't know what it is, but 10 seconds into the trailer, I was like, yes, the aesthetic is so interesting and the way that they're doing it. It's like I said on social that it was Zombieland plus Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide plus Mad Max because it literally looks exactly like that. The perfect hodgepodge. I hadn't seen the trailer until after you posted it. Yeah. And it was the perfect description. Yeah. They're like, they, they break the fourth wall a little bit. There's like a, a narrator who will talk to the screen, very Ned's Declassified style. 
the for some reason we're gonna find out but like there's some sort of like either nuclear war or something that has like wiped out most of modern technology because they're using yeah. like these really primitive weapons and things like that so it's very mad max looking mm. and zombie land because the comedy like the, the it's very clear that they're going in a pretty funny comedic direction with this show so i'm stoked mm -hmm. it looks really good I highly recommend you check out the trailer which you can find again on our social media pages on facebook and twitter all right last bit of netflix news here seinfeld um is moving to netflix starting in 2021 big move it's huge and, and we know how much these rights deals cost it's it's significant and who this hulu has been the home for seinfeld it was sort of hulu's first big get as far as like legacy content yeah previously it was on crackle the streaming service crackle yeah <laughs> big loss for crackle ouch yeah but i mean it's it's crazy to watch these bidding wars develop and it, it just goes to show like this is not going away like we're gonna see things move around it's very very competitive and so i you know everybody was freaking out about myself included about netflix losing friends in the office which mm -hmm. is two of their like staple shows they're like tentpole shows um but now they're getting seinfeld whether whether that equates to the office i i doubt it mm -hmm. um but it has a massive following the rights deal is probably huge yeah. so it's a it's a decent it's like if LeBron James leaves your team and you need to find a player, whatever player you find is probably going to be worse. But if you can get a good player to like help, um, it's it's not a loss. So definitely, I think uh, you know this Hulu put a lot of effort into Seinfeld when they put oh them on yeah. There. Just recently, they came out with what was called the yada yada button on Apple TV yeah. specifically. So if you were to press the yada yada button, if you were watching Hulu Seinfeld then it would just shuffle give you a random episode oh that's awesome pretty cool feature it's also the best way to watch seinfeld yeah it's just like because that's how everybody has watched it since <laughs> like when the show was on is just on tbs yes and it's just in totally random order absolutely that's so hilarious hopefully netflix can recreate that because i thought that was a brilliant move that is a really smart idea so yeah seinfeld is moving from hulu to netflix and again that's 2021 that that's happening all right some casting news We've got John Mulaney, who we love, hilarious stand-up comedian, and is, has proven himself to be a really good actor, at least recently. He's mm -hmm. been in a lot of stuff. He is joining the cast of the Emily Dickinson show called Dickinson that's on Apple TV as Henry David Thoreau. Um, this, just keeps, this show keeps getting more intriguing by the day. It's... Uh every piece of news i just don't know what's going to happen in it yeah and so i guess this is going to be like a dark comedy or something like that i don't i don't know it's it's they keep saying it's a modern take on emily dickinson but i'm like what what exactly does that mean yeah with if john mulaney is joining the cast like looking at just the the poster art for Haley steinfeld on it and it's like oh this is gonna be a drama no it's gonna be i think it's gonna be funny its own personality yeah and that just solidifies it with john mulaney there so i'm i'm all in on this for sure yeah i'm i'm pretty hyped about it and my my new iphone is coming on friday and oh. they did tell me that um i would get my one-year subscription on Fantastic. november 1st whenever it starts it even said it i was wondering like how that exactly would work but whenever i pre-ordered my phone it said apple tv plus subscription starting november 1st so congratulations man. yeah pretty pretty hyped about that so that should be a good time um more casting news this one i'm super excited about amazon's lord of the rings series which they have been hyping and hyping and hyping it's a couple years away still but they've got some casting news and Will Poulter 
who doesn't have exactly like the the biggest resume he was in the uh, maze runner series and he was been in a couple other movies mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. he's joining the cast as a lead so don't know what that means don't know who he's playing i know that this show is supposed to focus around a young aragorn which that is absolute music to my ears i love that character um but yeah i mean i'm this show it's teasing me a lot kirk they're te- they're really they're really being quite quite cruel with this because they have like a facebook account that's like putting out cryptic messages and i'm like guys we're a while away can is, we take it easy is it like in elven so they they they've um put out maps oh my gosh of middle earth not previously seen uh-huh and all the lord of the rings sleuths out there myself included are like oh if they're showing this region maybe they're doing this which is an <laughs> allusion to the you know the creation of middle earth or you know just like this is a reference to the Silmarillion. All the nerdy, weird stuff. I got to get up there still. It's still on my homework list. And yeah. now I have no excuse, first of all, because you own them. But yes. now they're they're literally, I can stream them any moment. Yeah. I need to get on that. Yeah, no, it's good. It's a commitment, but you will enjoy the ride. And you'll be joining us all in the nerd culture around Lord of the Rings very soon. I love it. Um, so I'm excited about that. But man, if they could just like take it easy on the news, I, I just, I it's, it's getting me too excited. Mm-hmm. Because I want it to be out like tomorrow. Right. Can you guys just stop talking about it until it's ready? That'd yeah, because you're, you're you're giving me anxiety because mm-hmm. I keep thinking that this is coming out soon. And then there, I go read articles about it and they're like, oh, 2021. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Man. It's so far away. Man. But I guess that's going to be, you know, there's going to be tons of CGI and yeah. set building. And yeah, I mean, ugh. who knows? It's supposed to be the most expensive show ever. That is like big. they're just going to go right at Game of Thrones and be like, OK, we'll do you one better with Man. with better so i mean i gotta look up what the episode cost was for game of each game of thrones episode because that had to be astronomical we know that it was it was high but, but this is a total one up by amazon because you know george rr R. martin the rr in his name is because he likes J.R.R. tolkien and wanted to like people to draw comparisons between them and their mm. and their level of world building i'm partial to lord of the rings okay mm. i'll just say that don't at me but this is like, hey, we're going to do a more expensive show and we're going to do it with a better writer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, one who actually finishes his stories, unlike, <laughs> unlike some other people, not to name names. Um, but I'm pretty excited about that. All right. Last bit of last bit of movie news. I just saw this one come across and it was really interesting. So I wanted to get your thoughts on it. J.J. Abrams, another friend of the pod. Love J.J. The best friend of the he, pod. Yeah. He's he's the godfather of the pod. Drop by anytime, J.J. Anytime. Would love to have you. Mm-hmm. We got a seat. We have an empty chair ready for It'll you. It'll just at all say JJ Abrams on it. You can come by whenever. We'll take a picture of it. <laughs> we'll send it to you. But JJ Abrams, his production studio is Bad Robot, which you're familiar with. If you've seen Lost or the Star Trek movies or what what have you, Bad it, Robot. Yep. Yeah. You know it. You've it's everywhere. It. Um, there was a bit of a bidding war for between a couple of different companies trying to get Bad Robot under their umbrella of content. Whoa. It was reported, so J.J. Abrams signed a deal with Warner Media for $250 million for, for Bad Robot. Just for Bad Robot goes underneath that umbrella. Small amount of change. Quarter, quarter of a bill, okay? Oh. And he's going to be producing shows for Warner Media, HBO, HBO Max, probably original films, who knows, all kinds of stuff. And when that came out, there was a story a couple of days later that was like, Oh, it reports our Apple offered him 500 mil. So a half of a billion dollars. 
and the first thought is like um yeah so why'd you take half of the money that you could have taken right and apparently it was it was related to exclusivity which is big i mean you know as a creator of content you want to have you keep your options open right and they he they were also worried that apple is building their intellectual property base from nothing they're building it from scratch so the concern was they're going to have to buy the rights to some older properties you know how things are buy mm-hmm. some buy the rights to some older properties reboot remake reimagine and jj doesn't want to be in that business anymore which i mean i can't blame him he's he's done it he can do whatever he wants at this point of his yeah career. And he, he's a genius so i mean it'll be interesting all i know is that so warner media includes dc dc mm-hmm. studios yes it does and hbo's got the watchman series coming out which is uh dc studios deal mm-hmm. i'm just like letting the letting the wheels turn in my head i'm like dude if we get some jjdc content please on hbo oh my gosh maybe he can finally inject life back into the dc world he is the hero we deserve but not the one we need what's the is that the quote <laughs> oh, not no. the one we need right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it <laughs> yeah we i just i want it to happen it'd be so nice we we need it and DC needs a hero right now. Maybe James Gunn is that hero, but he's he's still under contract with Marvel too, so I don't think he is. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm all I know is I'm excited. There's some good things that are going to come from this for sure. Uh, I just wish that it were soon. I know. I just talked about how I want things sooner than later. This is one of the things I want sooner. Right now. Yep. Um. Yeah. So that's it for what's popping. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a pretty big week. We had a lot of man. It's like it's turning. This show is turning into like all streaming news just because that's that's what's there man that's where the content is yeah and we i mean we get new release movies and stuff like that but literally every bit of news on here was streaming it really was so that's where the content's getting getting churned out because whether the new movies coming out are being doubly released in on a streaming service and theatrically um or solely through a streaming service that's that's what the game is now and they're they're doing it the studios are doing it yeah they're playing the game so we'll see how this pans out. Still, still super excited about the Irishman. I just, I, I can't stop thinking about it. Oh, I know, man. Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. Some new posters came out. Yeah, I, new posters today. I want that that movie now. It's not until late November. Oh, uh, well, I'm, you can see it November first in theaters, or you can see it November twenty seventh on Netflix. I don't know if they'll show it near us though. So, and part of me is like, I want to wait just to show Netflix that that's stupid, because like. Mm. People are going to wait for the most part. I think the vast majority of people are going to wait. Because I have a Netflix subscription. So why, why would I, would I pay, pay for, for it twice, essentially? You yeah. know, like I'm already paying for it in my monthly subscription. The only benefit is it is three and a half hours long. So I will be able to t- take my own intermissions. Yeah, I know. It's kind of a better home movie, to be honest. I think I'll wait. Yeah. Yeah. We'll... Eagerly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So an extra 20, 26 days for you there, Kirk. Um, <sighs> that's tough. But. I feel like if you're going to do that weird release schedule, I don't know, like that's stuff like that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's jump into our review. Our review of Late Night. Late Night. Late Night. With Emma Thompson. And Mindy Kaling and John Lithgow. <laughs> there Lithgow. you go. <laughs> Is it Lithgow? Lith- Lithgow? I never remember. I think it's Lithgow. I think it's Lithgow. Because I, I remember I when go. he was on um, Third Rock from the Sun so good <laughs> and i think that's how they said his name whenever they would talk about that show yes that's that's all i got he played um winston churchill 
in The Crown. He did. He was really good. Or he, still still does. I'm not caught up on The Crown. Same. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, if anybody knows, let us know. Let us know. Uh, Carpe we, diem. We would like to know. Quick shout out. We yeah. have been getting some Carpe we Diem. We have. And I love you all so much. And you all call it Carpe Diem in your messages. So thank you. You guys Yeah, we are. got a terrifying Carpe Diem, like, just before we walked in the studio of, like, an It veggie tray. Like, yeah. a, like a Pennywise veggie tray. And I jumped out of my skin. <laughs> I was like, Gah! Yeah, it's horrifying. Maybe we'll reshare that carpe diem with everyone. Yeah, we should, because it, it's, yikes, it's scary. <laughs> um, but I want to jump into this movie. This movie is a streaming movie. You can find it on Amazon Prime. If you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, you have access to this movie. So congratulations. You don't have to go to the movie theaters. You don't have to buy delicious popcorn. You can pop, you can pop your own popcorn at home, sit on the couch in your sweatpants with a blanket and watch this thing. You can do like I did and watch it during your lunch break at work. Uh, you can do like Kirk did and watch it at 2 a.m. in the morning. The, the options are endless. <laughs> so um, let's jump into this. Let's do synopsis in 280 characters or less, also known as our tweet synopsis, which another good Carpe DM we got mm-hmm. was from Anna, who said we should start tweeting these out, which is like, duh. Yes. Why, did, why, why did we not think of that? Yes, we should. Yeah. So we're going to do that immediately. Thank you, Anna, for being much smarter than us, because <laughs> um, we apparently just don't have original thoughts. That's <laughs> that's good. But um, whose turn is Do you, do you have any idea? Me. I think, I, is I it think you? it's my turn. Okay, go. Okay. Out of her element, Molly Patel enters the fast-paced world of late-night comedy writing. As she slowly wins over her peers, her biggest challenge is rooted in winning the deal... Nope. The seal of approval from the late-night British diva herself, Emma Thompson. It's our little little auto-correction fail right there. (laughs) Deal should have been seal of approval. Dang it, Siri. Just call me Ron Burgundy because I'll just read whatever's in front of me. (laughs) I'm Ron Burgundy. That's that's on Siri. So that's, screw you, Siri. Yeah, come on. Well, don't be careful. She hears she, everything, oh and gosh. she has access to all of your thoughts. <laughs> she could use it against. Sorry, Siri. We love you. Ooh, can someone walk me home? <laughs> okay, my tweet synopsis. Go. I'm gonna go with Catherine Newberry. Suddenly finds herself on the brink of losing her beloved talk show. With one year to right the ship, she realizes she has to change the way she's doing business and who she is doing business with. Love it. Love it. Mine was about Mindy Kaling's character. Mm-hmm. Yours was about Emma Thompson's. Yeah. We don't share these with each other, by the way, uh, everyone listening. We just write it. We may like mumble or laugh while writing them, but right. we, I had no idea that that was going to be split so perfectly that way. Yeah, thank you. It was wonderful. It's a good, it's a good, it serves as a good point about this film. Mm-hmm. Which is that there is no true main character. Yes. You kind of get the uh you kind of get the Hobbs and Shaw thing where it's like, here's this person's backstory and here's this person's backstory and here's how they meet and then it goes from there. Yes. Also, not to like break character for a second, but like that light right there just flickered. <laughs> oh, I, no. I swear to you. And that's why I like paused before I gave my review mm-hmm. or my synopsis and it freaked me out. Well, you know, Last week when you scared the pee out of me, yeah, with the it balloons, yeah, I think his, I think Pennywise's spirit is still in this room. It might be. Uh, it's definitely in that light. Oh, something, <laughs> something is in that light. He's so. changed form to a lamp. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Anyway, let's move on before before whatever happens there happens again. Before okay. we die. All right, let's go with uh, our acting superlatives. So the Oscar goes to Kirk. Who you got? I'm gonna go with Ms. Mindy Kaling. Mm, it's her movie. She wrote this, by the way. She did. And very she, impressive. Yes. Her first uh, film 
her first full film um, credit. So bravo to her. It was very well put together, and she wrote the character for herself, Obvi, and she did it so well. I thought I was one. I was just in love with her character um, from where she started and where she ends in this film. Her full progression, and I can't say I can't say many bad things about this movie. I mean, she was great. Yeah, yeah, she was. She was really good. I, it, it's fun to see her write a film. Um, and I'll get into that a little bit later when we talk about like showstopper and director shoes, but we we're familiar with her writing style. And a lot of that, like she is, she is a pure, she knows how to write comedy Mm -hmm. really, really well. Big writer on the office. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and that carries through and you get, you get like office quality laughs out of this movie and it was just really impressive. And it's, it's so funny because I came into it with zero expectations, just purely because I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know that Mindy wrote it. I didn't know anything about the story. Nothing. Um, that like my dad, like I'm, how my dad views movies. <laughs> thank goodness it wasn't something like Midsummer. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I lucked out. So I'll never do it again. Um, but I, I right away you can feel that the the comedic writing is just on point. It's very very sharp and very good, well written comedy, not cheap at all, mm-hmm. and it elevates this movie for sure. Okay, so my uh, and the Oscar goes to is going to go to Emma Thompson. So Excellent. you wrote the, it's so funny because you were like, this is Mindy's movie. And, I, and I'm over here like, this is kind of Emma Thompson's character's movie. <laughs> she plays Catherine Newberry, who is the host of a late night talk show. And I think I picked her because her character goes through the most significant journey True. of all the characters in the film. Um, she has like the biggest, she has to learn some hard lessons and she does so in a very, very real way. And Emma Thompson is a world-class actor. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's just insane. Every time I see her, I think this is the first thing I've seen her in since maybe Saving Mr. Banks, mm-hmm. which she was just incredible in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just drawn to her. I thought that her character was very real. She had some really good gripping moments um, that, you know, as with a comedy, sometimes you're, you have a tendency to, like, passively watch and anytime i would catch myself doing that emma thompson would draw me back in you know Mm -hmm. make me really like actively watch her because she's just like killing it on screen she doesn't even have to do much like she doesn't have to wave her hands or jump up and down she can just plant her feet and draw you to her yeah like that's it's effortless the, the power of british acting and just emma thompson yeah she's she's insane all right, let's go to Scene Stealer. Who was your Scene Stealer? Got to go with John Lithgow. Nice. Yeah, that's a good pick. Because he is he is also just world-class, world-class. I mean, if you can be a, in Third Rock from the Sun yeah. and then come back and just be like this insanely horrifying villain in several movies and TV series and then this completely lovable guy in this movie the husband of uh of emma thompson yeah he he can do it all he can do no wrong john yeah. Lithgow. I, I love i love him i absolutely love him he plays this uh, he plays his her husband in this and he is going through some he's got a disease that's yes. that's not like a really big scare or surprise and you just kind of watch what he does for his family and what he was in his career and kind of like this moral compass for this show for the movie as well yeah and he's just he he can do no wrong i love john lithgow and when you watch him when you watch these scenes you're drawn to him um for best supporting actor right there yeah there's there's one scene in particular that i think he get, he delivers a really powerful performance and it's sort of like the climax of the movie in a lot of ways mm. and it i thought it was so great because you don't get too much of john lithgow in this movie but he 
drives a lot of the really pivotal moments and i think it's good because he he is such a gifted performer and it played a really great character and did so very effortlessly Mm -hmm. that those moments which you need to nail he can help you do that and he did Mm -hmm. so i thought that it was a really good performance for my scene stealer i'm gonna go with reed scott who played tom who was the as he referred to himself the head monologue writer yes um he was in veep and i loved him in veep and so in a lot of ways this is just like an appreciation uh for reed scott and i want people to know his name because i think he's hilarious um he did a really good job his character also went through an interesting arc in this in this movie and that i think is hard when you have a character um you have to really the subtleties of that transition whenever your character is like learning things and and being self-aware and kind of like has a has a very distinct journey that they're going through you have Mm -hmm. to nail the transition because if there's anything that happens where it's like wow that character changed really quickly or anything like that and it's not to say that he changes a ton but he you know he goes through he goes through something and um he has to kind of like learn who he is and he does so in a really good way and the whole time delivering really good comedic lines he has great timing mm-hmm. and so i thought he was a he was a scene stealer he does something at the very last moment of this film that it's really a moment from the director and from the screenwriting that just says we trust the audience so well and there's just a movement yep. that he does not even a, a, a piece of dialogue that's so perfect so excellent choice i think he's fantastic yeah, it was he was good. And if you haven't watched Veep, I think I've already hyped. I think I've already promoted this show once before. Go yep. watch it. So funny. Yes. So so funny. All right, let's go into Showstoppers. Oh, what yeah. was your Showstopper? Dude, okay, so this the show, the movie is about a late night talk show. So they had to nail what the studio looked like, the studio yeah. of the late night show, and it was perfect. Okay, so uh, I didn't know this fact, but Mindy Kaling actually worked as an intern for Conan O'Brien. Oh wow! Yeah, and, and she's an actress. She's a celebrity. She's been on dozens of uh, of late night talk show sets. So when you see it, it's magnificent. It's you know I think that I've never been to like a studio screening of anything, but people always talk about how much smaller it is. But they made this seem so glamorous mm-hmm. and so large. It looked larger than any pictures of studios that I've seen. It looked larger than what the SNL set is kind of infamous for bit seeming kind of small. And they have like three sets that they just pivot camera to camera. <laughs> but it was beautiful. And it, it, it's exactly what the film needed because Mindy Kaling has this big love for becoming this, this comedic writer on this show in the movie. And it, it was so well done that I was so happy to see it when the big reveal happened that she stepped onto the foot of the studio. Yeah, you're sort of seeing it through her eyes, which mm-hmm. I think is a really it's always really good whenever directors do that because they're they're tying you to that character mm-hmm. in a in a more intimate way than any other character gets to interact with her because we're seeing it in a very glamorous way. Whereas like if you see it the first time through somebody else's eyes who doesn't exactly appreciate it for what it is then you get a very different experience. So I thought it was a really good choice. Yes. And they had so many other, she had so many other struggles to cope with. Like, wow, you know, I'm the only female writer on this, on this show now. And, uh, just several things she had to adapt to that weren't so happy and fluffy. Like she thought it would be, this is the thing that stayed true from the moment we saw the studio the first time to the last scene. It was just gorgeous and it never stopped being pretty and good to look at. Yeah, definitely. Um, so for my showstopper, I'm going to go with pacing. I thought the pacing in this movie was really good. Yes. They, 
it was almost it, it was like scientifically and methodically planned to where every bit goes the exact perfect length and and no bit is overdone and no character is overworked and they use the music and the the cinematography and tie everything together so that you're feeling the right things at the right time and they're sort of like they're sort of like manipulating you to feel the way that they want you to feel so that you can go through the highs and lows of the movie the exact way that they want you to feel it it's it's something that in a movie like this that has to balance the tone tonal difference between the comedy portion and the drama portion can be messed up and we see it get messed up all the time where you have scenes that like they're trying to make too heavy drama at the wrong time. They're, they drag a comedy bit on too long. And something that small can actually ruin a movie for you, depending on where it happens in the movie. And so with a, with a film in the genre, like whatever you want to call it, like dramedy. Oh, man. That was such rom-com, a hard thing like, to call. It's, yeah. And, and it, it's not even rom-com, right? Because yeah. it's really just centers around these two yeah. these two female characters. And yeah. I would almost just call it a dramedy and like a, like a buddy pick almost. A buddy and, pick. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I agree. And with those... It, you know they may seem simplistic in nature but i assure you that it it takes a level of finesse to to execute that really well and the director of this film is a first-time director mm-hmm. um so i was very very impressed very yes. impressed with that so that's my showstopper excellent choice all right let's move into director shoes what would you have changed about this movie kirk i loved mindy kaling so much there are just a few moments that i didn't like so she is this very optimistic character she is a a dreamer but there are two moments two exactly two where she kind of morphs into giselle from enchanted uh amy adams if you will uh, (laughs) where it's like that's not quite right it's she just she just missed the mark just a little bit she went too far um and I really, that's the only really bad thing I have to say about this movie. Uh, the, but they're bit, they're kind of big impact because I'm like that, that doesn't fit the rest of this. Okay. Uh, I didn't like it. It made me a little sad that it happened. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. But I think everything else was, was strong and, uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens with my score here. Yeah. I think I know one of the moments that you're talking about mm-hmm. and it's, it's early on mm-hmm. and it kind of hits you like, eh, that felt weird. It's not in step with the rest of the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's like it like you said the enchanted tie-in, it's almost Kimmy Schmidt in a way too. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've watched that show, but it, it feels like that and sometimes. Gotcha. And to your point, with it just being sprinkled in, it feels like really out of place. Um but yeah, it's it's like two two brief moments. I think I know both of what you're talking about, but yeah, that's a good point. And I think that um that kind of builds into my um where are we on director shoes <laughs> my director shoes is that the one thing that didn't get nailed in this movie i felt like was the the simple things you know so they i mentioned that they nailed the really complicated things like uh, managing tone well uh, maybe with the exception of those two things that you just mentioned but mm-hmm. managing tone well managing pace managing the the kind of the flow of the movie they do that well but the thing that I thought was really weird is like the parts that should be easy to write, like the the introductions between characters and um, I don't know, things like that, like first time meeting a character or the first time two characters share a scene or like transitioning in between different parts, like those felt a little clunky at times. Mm-hmm. And I actually kind of get it because if you think of Mindy Kaling as a as a writer on like The Office or shows of that nature... A lot of times you're just writing within the confines of that scene. 
And so you don't have to think about how your character gets from that scene because it's, those shows are very choppy in nature. And so I think sometimes it's like, you maybe don't think about that. Yeah, and a lot with introductions, right? So everything that she's previously written, they were already established relationships. And I feel like that was kind of the biggest stutter steps that they had, like introducing each other to each other. But then after that, it was perfect. It yeah. flowed well. And like when people met people made sense and all mm-hmm. of that. Like like I said, the pacing is really good. It's just like those act- the actual interactions themselves sometimes fall flat and sometimes the acting and the writing feels bad during those sections. I think the acting is actually feels bad because the writing is bad Mm -hmm. in those sections yeah and it's almost like they spent more time like hey listen we got to get these complicated moments right right and it's like oh yeah well this is this the other stuff is easy and they just you saw where their focus was in the film yeah and they do they like she like there are points in this movie that are so well written that it's like wow like catches you off guard how well written it is (laughs) like um sometimes when they're in the writer's room like rapping like it's insanely well written like really good quality and so i am nitpicking a bit but i do think that that's what that's what keeps this movie back from being elite Mm -hmm. is that it does the good things really well but it does some of the it does the hard things really well but does some of the easy things they kind of fall to the wayside so that's that's where i'm at but let's let's give some final thoughts and then score it Go see this. Um, not not go. Just sit down. Yeah, sit, sit down, down on your couch. This. <laughs> this is a fun one. Um, you'll be laughing out loud by yourself. I was laughing. You know, like when you're by yourself and you watch things, and sometimes you just like blow out air through your nose, like <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, or like if you're like me, you're watching Happy Gilmore in your bed, and you just actually cackle out loud and wake up your <laughs> wife. Uh, this this one is a laugh out loud. It it'll get you. Uh, it's very unexpected comedy as Mindy Kaling does, and Emma Thompson is just a witty witty woman and she is so good um i would give this a high 8.8 kernels okay nice i like this movie a lot it's fun yeah it's that's a that's a good score um i think it's it's a tough movie to score i think i've said that for like three movies in a row but it, it is tough because i think i think what it comes down to though is that this movie is very original i felt it's predictable. So I, I want to make a point here too, mm-hmm. is that just because a movie is predictable doesn't mean that it's not original. Right. Because a lot of times predictability comes from, from again, something that we talk about a lot, which is the confines of the genre. This, you know, from the start of this movie, before you, when you watch the trailer for this movie, you know that this is a feel good story. You have a pretty good idea of how it's going to end, but the story, the setting, the characters, what those characters go through who those characters are it's all very very original and it's well executed in in most ways besides the ways that we've mentioned our director's shoes and so when i'm sitting there watching it i i was almost i had to fight myself because i'm sitting here thinking i can't give this that high of a score right you know because because of the genre that it is and that's that is uh that's wrong on my part and so i had to have i had to have a moment of self-awareness where i'm like <laughs> be true to yourself what do you actually think about this movie and I'm giving it an 8.0. Nice. I, I toyed with the idea of giving it a 7.9, but I think what, just because I like to reserve the 8s and the 9s for like truly elite movies, um, I think this movie falls into that category for the sole purpose that as soon as I was done, I was like, I have to watch this with Jackie. Yes. And when you have that feeling of immediately when it's done, you want to watch it again, 
that should tell you right there that you really enjoyed it and right. it was it's it's high in your book absolutely absolutely uh there's there's parts in this movie that are predictable but then there's parts you're like oh this is absolutely going to happen yep and then it doesn't they twist it on you so the shattered expectations are the best things and what makes the best storytelling and they they really sprinkle this through there so parts that you know that you can guess and you will get them right and then others that you're like well this is going to happen nope didn't happen yeah so bravo yeah, and I think this one is just so fun. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's no other way to explain it besides it's just super duper fun. And if you're looking for something to watch on a Thursday night, or Friday night, or, or like just a night in with your you know your family or whatever, or you're by yourself and you just want to eat some popcorn and chill, it's the perfect movie for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not like you're gonna feel highs and lows, but just just right. Like I said, they they execute really well, and it's um it's very good. And the perfect thing to do after you watch this movie is listen to our podcast absolutely so be sure to just plug make sure there's plenty of time after yeah for sure so that is late night once again you can find that on amazon prime instant video and i think most people have prime subscriptions if you don't that's okay i will say it's it's enormously valuable it is (laughs) i get stuff shipped to my house all the time they've got one day shipping right now and it's insane not to give like a free ad to amazon but like I ordered an iPhone case. It'll be on my front porch tomorrow. Go buy it. And that's because of Prime. So mm-hmm. it's you get access to all kinds of content. Music. Yeah, tons of... It's pretty movies, good value. TV, and all the different things you need to buy for your household. Yeah. And that you don't need to, but you just do. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. And you'll get that new Lord of the Rings series when that thing eventually yes. comes out. So uh, I can't recommend it enough. All right. Let's move into our top five, which this week, because the movie's called Late Night and because we're not all that creative, <laughs> or maybe we are, maybe we are. Is this more creative or less creative? We're this going with top five late night snacks. Late night snacks. Is it, is it snacks or snocks? Late night snocks. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a linguistics expert. I'm ask my wife, because she can do everything. Oh, accent. she's, she's insane so good she could probably tell us what region we're from it's probably a mixture of like australia and like new New zealand northern ireland (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's probably terrible she's like that's not a real accent correct so keep us in check there obs um all right top five i went last last time because you had the tall man i did and i had leatherface Mm -hmm. so i get to go first this time have fun all right this is tough because one thing about this top five there's a couple factors here and it may not this top five may not sound complicated right out of the gate but it actually kind of is because there's two types of late night snacks one is it's late at night and you're out and about and you need a snack okay the other is you just woke up it's 1 a.m and you need a snack or you stayed up way too late to the point where you're hungry for fourth meal and you need a you need a snack. Yep. And those are two very different things. They're two different things in your book, but for me, <laughs> you'll find that my list they're all the same. It's the same. Okay. <clears throat> Number five, I'm gonna go for. So this isn't the out and about category for me. <laughs> anything sold by Jack in the Box, <laughs> and I mean anything. Most like if it's my preference, I like the tacos, but I mean I think in high school, countless times. Mm-hmm jack-in-the-box was the answer curly fries their menu it's it's a work of art kirk their menu they've got everything you could ever need from every genre of food it's like applebee's yeah it's like applebee's fast only. food applebee's yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> they've got breakfast served all day which is like a big check mark in my book mm-hmm. so yeah i'm probably gonna go tacos but like anything from jack-in-the-box if you're like 
man, I, I hung out at my friend's house for a long time. I'm driving home, and I'm kind of hungry. Mm-hmm. See if there's a jack-in-the-box on your way. Swing through, get three tacos for... And the other thing is they sell food for so cheap that you're like, is this legal? <laughs> like, am I, what's going to happen to me if I eat this? What grade of meat am I yeah. eating right now? Um, shocker for you, I've never ever no, consumed Kirk. anything no. from Jack in the Box. No, <laughs> Kirk. Yeah, I don't How? know. I don't know. Okay, well let me let me um let me learn you something here, Kirk, yeah. about Jack in the Box. Their tacos are deep fried. <laughs> That's right. You heard that correctly. They take the taco shell, they fill it with and here's this is key too. Ground beef, lettuce, not not big chunky lettuce like their lettuce is shredded it's nice american cheese that's right a slice of american cheese <laughs> and then the special jack-in-the-box hot sauce and then they fry that thing mm. and they serve it to you maybe. and you can get three of them for like a dollar you know it's about dinner time maybe that's where i'm gonna head out to after this yes maybe you should i mean yeah uh, the tacos are great just like if you're if you're weirded out by the American cheese thing, do not be. Mm-hmm. Just trust me on this. It's very good. I'm gonna try it. Yeah. My number five, chocolate chip cookies. Mm. More specifically, chewy chips ahoy chocolate chip. Yeah. Cookies. That's one of Jackie's favorite. Oh, yeah. I mean the what is it? The crunchy, the blue pack. You know they're good, but you got to be in the mood for it. It's when you've had like thirty. Um, of cases of the chewy where you just need some variety but if it's two o'clock in the morning i've woken up because my kids like you know wet the bed or or whatever classic it's, kid stuff it's too hot in my room you know <laughs> i have to turn the ac down yeah i'm like man i need something to eat to fall back asleep and yeah. fill my tummy <laughs> so i'm gonna raid this like a small child <laughs> exactly <laughs> i'm gonna raid that pantry i'm gonna find some chocolate chip cookies number yep. five love it can't go wrong that's a good one You'll find that a lot of my snacks are very unhealthy to have at the time. Of oh, night. mine are all unhealthy. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what makes a good late night snack. Okay. If anybody, like, I don't want to judge people, mm-hmm. okay? I'm not in that business. But if someone were to say, theoretically, that their favorite snack, late night snack was like celery, mm. I'd be like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you should feel sorry for yourself. That's a terrible late night Yeah, snack. you need to reevaluate some things. <sighs> okay. So I'm not judging, but I kind of am. You are. Okay. And I am too. All right. Also, the other thing about my snacks is some of them sound like full meals. It's because they are, but I'm classifying them as snacks. Okay. Don't judge me. Well, late night, you just need, you need to fill your stomach. You know, you know, I always wondered like, why am I filling my kid's stomach before they go to sleep? It's because you can fall asleep so easily after that. Yes. And that's why you just do it instinctively. Mm. You do. You have to have it. Okay. My number four, I'm going to go with a bowl of cereal. Love it. Like a really sugary cereal. I'm thinking Frosted Flakes, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Lucky Charms. What about like Count Dracula's like Reese's Puffs? Yeah, I mean, I don't need anything chocolate because I have an intolerance, but I assume that that would fit Mm -hmm. in the category. It's got to be sugary. It's got to make your teeth hurt. Ooh, painful. Okay. (laughs) It's got to make, you got to eat it and then think to yourself, if I don't brush my teeth before I go to sleep, I will have no teeth in the morning. That's that's how you have to feel. And the bowl has to be like a mixing bowl. It can't be like a normal size. It has to be something. You're like, yeah, it's one bowl of cereal, and it's like the entire bag and a full gallon of milk. Oh, man. Cameron, I got to ask you this. Now, did you ever put add sugar into your cereal as a kid? No, I was not that guy. I was that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that is absurd. And when I think about it as an adult, I think, why? Why did I do that? Yeah. But then when I think back as a child and I'm like, wow, this is this tastes delicious. Yeah. You just get some standard Cheerios. 
you get your milk and you sprinkle some sugar on top of that mm. stuff i mean it, it sounds good it fits the bill for rotting your teeth out of your skull <laughs> so i think that's that's probably i'll try it that's I'll right try it. tomorrow morning I yeah. want you to try it. <laughs> all right sounds good live tweet that number four number four gotta go with more chocolate snack pack mm, chocolate pudding the pudding yes Man, i i need to do like a time lapse but then it wouldn't be very fast i eat chocolate pudding snack packs in an insane amount of time I want that thing in my stomach the moment that the top comes off. So I can eat pudding in like two seconds flat. Are you one of these people who just like vacuum seals your mouth around the outside <laughs> of it and just sucks it out and crunches it? <laughs> that I'm not, but I want to okay. try that now. <laughs> you should. I got my spoon and I got my snack back and I just go to town. I eat it in like six really quick <laughs> scoops. And it's still so satisfying to me. Like I'm not trying to um, just like get just get it in my stomach. It's so good that if I took my time, I would actually be unhappy with myself so right i love it actually you know i think about people with food eating contests yeah and that, that would make me want to vomit like hot dog eating contest i couldn't do it but i would absolutely do a pudding eating contest oh no way i would do it dude that stuff sits on your stomach that would be awful it would be awesome if you are able to do it like <laughs> if you just like theoretically if you could do like 12 of those <gasps> snack pack things i think i can i'd be shocked maybe that'll be your james bond bet Remember we talked about <laughs> the James Bond bed is back. Kirk has to try to eat 12 snack packs in a row without puking. I love this. No water. I'm in. Okay, no, we'll give you water. I don't need water. I don't want you to go to the emergency room. I don't drink water. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Bet okay. taken. I'll, we'll, we'll go with that one. All I right. hope he dies so I can have all the, <laughs> the pudding. He's going to die. I can get, pretty much guarantee it. Number three, and this is tough, okay? This is tough, but... I'm gonna go Pop Tarts. Mm -hmm. I usually I usually dwell in the realm of breakfast food when I'm home and it's late mm -hmm. um, because that's like easy to make. And I had I had on my on here one Pop Tart because I didn't want people to judge me. But who am I kidding? <laughs> I'm eating both. <laughs> Duh. Yeah, I mean I I have one time recently put a Pop Tart in a Ziploc bag because I didn't eat both and I was like who are you <laughs> what a waste <laughs> of a Ziploc bag you should be ashamed bag. of yourself what are you going to do with that one pop tart are you going to do the same thing tomorrow night no you're going to want two exactly so yeah pop tarts are great because pop tarts are very versatile mm -hmm. it's it, you can you can heat them up you cannot they're great with milk which milk is a great bedtime drink mm -hmm. and so when you have a snack that goes well with milk it's a good way to uh, good way to like ease you in you know. Favorite Pop-Tart flavor. All right. D this is going to be a hot take. Okay. Unfrosted strawberry. There you go. And I know that people are probably screaming right now at the at the unfrosted. Okay. Yep. It's just, I like it because people always talk about the crust is the best part, best part Kirk, right? Mm -hmm. They always talk about the crust. Guess what? The unfrosted is all crust. <laughs> so before you judge my decision, try that one on for size. That's right. It's In all crust and it's delicious. Very What's nice. your favorite popcorn? What's a Pop-Tart flavor? My favorite Pop-Tart is the s'mores because chocolate. Mm, yeah, dude, you're like a chocoholic. <laughs> I am. I'm going to start calling you Count Chocula. There you go. You have Count Choculitis. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, I, I love the s'mores. They're, they're so perfect. What's your number three? My number three happens to be Ruffles chips and French onion dip in the middle of the night, Cameron. Mm, <laughs> yes. Nothing better than getting that nasty french onion dip breath yeah climbing back into bed <laughs> and then they're just letting it sit and marinate for a few hours that's right 
Hey, sweetie, I'm back. <laughs> it's like that episode of SpongeBob where he smells terrible and you can literally see the smell coming out of his mouth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> luckily, luckily, my wife just sleeps so hard like a rock that she just rolls over and has no recollection yeah. when I do that. So that's why I do it. It's, it's, it's the best time of day for me to do it. Yeah, if you're going to smell bad, might as well do it then. Exactly. I won't do that usually <laughs> during the day because then I have to interact with people. I don't want them smelling yeah. my French onion breath. Right. But I love French onion breath. Mm. I mean, French onion dip. Ew. Gross. Did you hear Kirk on the podcast? (laughs) He likes French onion breath. Yeah, what a weird thing. (laughs) Weird flex, Kirk, but okay. Um, All right, number two. Mm, We're really down to it now. Here it is. We're down to it. Um, I got to go with a root beer float. It's, It's my favorite dessert. And so it makes a great late night snack because sometimes I, you know, I go to bed and then I realize I'm hungry mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, I got to get out of bed now, but I don't want to stay up super long. So I need something quick. I can throw together, scarf it and go back to sleep. Root beer float fits the bill for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, most root beer is caffeine free. So not going to keep you up. It's sort of like design. It was designed to be the perfect late night snack. I love root beer floats. I think I need to like get your take on that because a lot of the times i would approach a root beer float that late at night to be time consuming really i would i don't know why it shouldn't be because you're not really mashing it you're not hand making a milkshake so right? yeah i had homemade milkshake in my honorable mentions mm-hmm. but the reason i left it off was because of the it's a labor intensive operation yes yes so well i'm just gonna have to t- i need to know every single supply it's I mean, quiet root beer ice cream. it's quiet too i mean you do have to open the freezer mm-hmm. but Ice cream scooper and soda. That's all you need. I'm going to get dinner after this, and I'm also going to the grocery store, and I'm going to get all the supplies. Yes, you should. I'm loving your list. Yeah, it's a good one. Number two. My number two. (laughs) I'm looking at my list, and I just feel like a gross person. You're thinking about, you're having some thoughts about your life, and you're like, what led me to be where I'm at? (laughs) Why are you the way that you are? (laughs) Hear me out. I'm ready. I'm ready. Salty snacks go good with soda right oh 100 percent. can't have one without the other do we have a two for- we got a two for oh this is, this is a combo you yes can't, much like much like ruffles chips and french onion dip this next one i get all the time not even just late night snack this is also a road snack which is dangerous because yeah. it's in the car sure you'll find out why now number two funyuns and mm. pepsi Funyuns and Pepsi. Dude, it's so good. Funyuns are one of the saltier snacks. Yes, they are. They're really salty. You just, you bite into that thing and it just, the, the taste explodes. It's it just... Big onion guy. Hey, Kirk? I'm a big onion guy. Yeah. I am. French onion, Funyun, <laughs> Red Robin, Onion yeah. Ring Snack. I'm, I'm all in on onions. Oh, dude. I love the Onion Ring Tower. Yes. If we ever do top five of appetizers... We're having that right here on this table. <laughs> we're we're going to go to Red Robin. Give me the largest tower of onion rings I can possibly get. Yes. Now, the good news about what Red Robin... And shout out to Red Robin. Is Yum. that they also... <laughs> they also have a short stack onion rings. That's right. The shorty. Mm-hmm, which is fantastic because if you Is are, it bad that I know Red Robin menu items by name? <laughs> no. <laughs> you're, you're a scholar is what you are. <laughs> I'm sorry. I cut you off. No, I don't care. Uh, uh, it's because, like, if you are also going to a movie afterwards and you want to leave room for the popcorn, that's right. Get the shorty because you want to. You have to have that. If you go to Red Robin, yeah. If you leave without eating onion rings, I'm here to tell you you're doing it very wrong. Mm-hmm. You're doing it very wrong. Okay. 
sometimes I'll get the shorty just for myself on top of my meal. And Aubrey's like, no, no, I got to save all the room. She loves popcorn. Loves, loves popcorn. Oh, yeah. She's like, no, no, I need more room for popcorn. I'm like, that's okay. The shorty is for me. You're like, I can do both. Shoddy. I can eat I can eat the shoddy, mm-hmm. and then I can go eat an entire jumbo popcorn. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, number one. Here it is. Numero uno. Going with a two for Kirk. That's Ooh. why I was excited to hear that you had a twofer, because I didn't want to be the only one. Oh, not at all. Go ahead, man. All right. This one is probably, a lot of these are personal to, you know, not every, it's very unlikely that people are going to have the same list as us um, on this one no in particular. No one's going to have my list. Yeah. Um, so this one is what fits the bill for that. I'm going with a frozen Coke and Andy Cap's hot fries. Oh, yes. If there is a better snack in this world than Andy Cap's hot fries, I've not met it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't, and I, <laughs> I would like anyone to challenge challenge me on that. Handicaps, <laughs> they're world class. Um, I would do, you know, if I could ever work for Handicaps Hot Fries in some capacity, I'd do it for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever you need, Handicaps, because I think it's underappreciated. It's not at every store. No, I'm like, well, then people just must not know because if people knew Kirk, if people knew, it'd be the biggest snack because it is so good in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I get offended when hot fries are not at every gas station I go oh, into. Oh, you should be. It is It is offensive. Because like, it's you, like you're judging my lifestyle. Yeah. Are you really a, uh, an official gas station if you don't have... Yeah, any- it's like, oh, oh, I, I see you don't like people of my kind here. Right. Great. <laughs> yeah. I hate crying. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not okay. It's, uh, it's prejudice is what it is. Yes. And I, I can't stand for it. But here's the key is that the, the frozen Coke has two functions Mm -hmm. okay this not to get scientific on you here kirk but we're gonna go we're gonna get a little science here (laughs) hot fries are hot implicitly you know that from the name (laughs) sorry to blow your mind with that little nugget oh i've been doing this wrong (laughs) yeah so they're hot so you need first of all you need a beverage this checks that box it's a beverage Mm -hmm. the other thing and this is a key and it may sound like a con but it's very much a pro is that a frozen beverage will occasionally give give you a brain freeze. And you're saying, what? Cam, brain freeze? That's terrible. Mm-hmm. I would argue, yes, it is terrible, but it's not that terrible. And it helps you to savor your snack mm. and really take your time. Because there's nothing worse in this world than eating an entire bag, of, which I also think has like multiple servings in it, mm-hmm. an entire bag of handicaps hot fries in like less than two minutes and being like, what have I done? <laughs> I wasted it. I had this amazing thing and I wasted it. So Your fingers are just covered in the, <laughs> the hot, dusty yeah. fry dust and yeah. you just have to lick it all off and then burn. Right. Burn your tongue. <laughs> and you have no snack left. Yes. So if you mix it a little frozen Coke, you're going to have to take breaks every once in a while because you're like, oh man, this is this is this hurts this brain freeze hurts yes and one last thing that i've i've known after mm-hmm. since being married with, to to your sister is that it must be frozen coke it has not, to be frozen coke not cola no this is this is an important distinction i'm glad i'm glad you brought it up you're welcome so frozen coke is a is a brand frozen mm-hmm. is a brand of frozen drink and so they have frozen fanta frozen fanta cherry frozen fanta blue raspberry things like that this is not an icy okay this mm-hmm. is different than an icy this is different than a Slurpee. Those Slurpees are also good. <laughs> and the consistency of a frozen Coke is unmatched in this world. When it's when it's right, there is no discernible difference between drinking that and a Coke. There's a little bit of different texture, and it just tastes a thousand times better. So, yeah, frozen, it has to be frozen Coke. It does. And you don't know that until you've done it. Because That's right. I, I was living under just just a, a blanket of lies on how, mm. how big of a difference there was. And then Aubrey said, no, no, no 
drink this frozen coke with me and it changed my life yeah if you're if you're um if you are the one of the people that goes to circle k and gets the frozen drinks that are called like what are those called like freezies or something knock off yeah i know you don't know what you're doing but i'm telling you to just turn back and repent right mm-hmm. now and, and come <laughs> come to the to, to a frozen coke land because it is way better yes and way better your life will be changed it will it will so that's my number one my number one all right this is the best i don't care what yours is is it a <laughs> twofer is it a twofer it's a one for oh okay heavy hitter peanut butter m&ms mm. not regular not even peanut peanut butter peanut M- butter and m this is the red bag this is the red bag this is very important because they color code all their bags make sure you get the red yeah bag. because they know that um we're very dumb yes. and, and that we need <laughs> colors to associate our stupid brains That's with right. <laughs> whatever is on the inside the bag. And, you know, red is, is something that they've scientifically proven that just, you're just drawn to when you're hungry. It's like red. I'm, I'm eating that. I yes. want to eat that right now. Peanut butter M&Ms, the perfect uh, amount of chocolate and peanut butter. You cannot get closer to perfection on a candy than this mm. make sure you're eating it in the middle of the night get one of those share size bags but don't share it i'm telling it's all yours just scoop your hand in three four five times and then hit, hit go back to bed it's so good so let me ask you this because mm-hmm. this is something i've been wondering mm-hmm. um because i am eminem averse because i have a chocolate intolerance right so i tend to stay away from them just as a rule but i've been wondering this i love reese's pieces yes which are a peanut butter snack, a candy, which don't have chocolate in. They have a candy shell, but it's not chocolate. So there is actually chocolate inside the peanut butter M&M, correct? Yes. Or is it just peanut butter? It's There's chocolate. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. And that's mm-hmm. why I kind of steered clear of it. It's not. Yeah. It's more chocolate than it's, Reese's okay. Pieces. Okay. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Yep. So I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. Reese's Pieces fit the bill for me. I will sit here and eat them in front of you, and you can just smile at my enjoyment. Yes, I can. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like the people over at Hershey are doing us a big favor by being like, is it Hershey that makes M&M's? No clue. I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> it has to be. I'll, I don't know. But they're just like, listen, our consumers are very stupid. We know this is our best product. We want to give them our best product, put it in a red bag. Mm-hmm. They won't miss it. Even if they know nothing about it, they'll just be like blindly grab the red and it's done. I sometimes do that. I sometimes go through a shopping trip and I have like a hundred things on my list, but it's right there at the front of the grocery store where they're like, grab this where you're not, while you're not thinking while you're looking yeah. for all the fruit and the produce and it's in my cart or my kids know that I love it so much. They'll grab it off the shelf as I stroll on by mm. it and I'll be like, well, thank you children. This is why I love you so much. Yeah. I watched this thing, uh, last sidebar here, whenever I took a consumer behavior class in college and it was like the, it was basically like the psychology of supermarkets Mm. and how they say in less than five minutes in a store, your brain shifts into beta mode, which is like, you know how sometimes you drive places and you're like, how did I get here? It's because your brain goes into beta mode because you've done it so many times. Your brain does that in grocery stores, too, because you get overstimulated. Wow. And that's why they put the milk at the back of the store, because they know most people are coming there for that. And then your brain shuts off, and you're, like, grabbing all these things blindly. And so what they were doing in this thing was, like, they were taking people's receipts and asking them, like, random items. Do you think you bought this? And they would throw, like, some misnomers on there, or do you think you bought this? And they would say no to things that they actually bought, and they had no idea. That's insane. Yeah. It's wild. I think I am definitely susceptible to that. Yeah, we all are. Mm-hmm. We're all just sheep. 
Yes. <laughs> we're just being funneled into the areas that we're supposed to be funneled into. That's all we are. <laughs> all right. Sorry to get dark and existential and like Big Brother on you there, but we watched a comedy, but we <laughs> ended on <laughs> we ended on a weird dark note. <laughs> All right, that's top five. If you have top five late night snacks, like I said, these are all personal. So I want everybody's list. I'm, I'm, I want every list because some people might not know about Andy Capps Hot Fries, Kirk. Some people not, might not know about the magic of peanut butter and M&M's. So there is a possibility that you and I are missing out on some snack. We could learn and right. just add this to our repertoire. So this is, this is a communal need. We need to share knowledge with one another so that we can um, make sure we're eating the top snacks. That's right. It's in, that's very important to our existence. All right. That's a wrap on top five. That's a wrap on this episode. Couple things before we head out. I keep plugging the Star Wars thing. It is coming. Trust me. Figuring out a little bit of logistics there. I'm in contact with Marcus Theaters. We're talking back and forth. It's it's happening. So just mark it on your calendar now. Thursday, December 19th. It's the opening night of Star Wars. You could be watching that movie with us mm-hmm. in a private theater on opening night. You don't have to worry about it. You can pay less for your tickets. It's going to be great. So just keep that in mind. That'll be coming soon. Next week, we are going to be seeing Ad Astra, which is the new sci-fi space. I don't know if it's sci-fi. It's like a space movie with Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt. And his hair is on point in that movie. It is so on point. I know. I saw the haircut. I was like, mmm, it's tasty. It's a nice It's a nice haircut, Brad. I like it. Yes. So we'll be watching that. We're very excited about it. And last bit, we put a survey up on the page on the Facebook. I can actually, I can pin it to the top of our Facebook and do the same thing for Twitter. It's basically just asking you about this program. It's 10 questions. I'll take you less than five minutes. Highly recommend that you take it. You'd be helping us out a whole ton. And you'd be helping yourself out, too, because if you listen to the show week to week and you're thinking, ah, I like this part better than that part or whatever, you get to actually share that information with us directly and anonymously. Um, so we would greatly benefit from that information, and so would you. So we highly recommend that you help us out there. But that is a wrap on this episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. Uh, thank you for tolerating our terrible British accents. And thank you to Ryan Spriggs who helps us produce this podcast. And Ryan Spriggs and Brandon Aristed for our theme music. We will see you guys next week. Talk to you then. Cheerio.
cheerio and welcome into a <laughs> you can't laugh you can't laugh I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit on the stairs. you can't laugh <laughs> it's, so, it's so good that's why I'm just laughing at, I was like if I'm the listener I'm gonna be like oh this is great thank you for joining I'm gonna use the thank you <laughs> thank you are you ready I'll try I will try I have to get my composure back now. Oh.